ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Students of Ireland, are you good? Or are you good to go this semester with Argos? Upgrade your college setup with top-of-the-range laptops, printers, headphones, and much more from Argos. Order online for home delivery or collection from your local store. Subject to availability, selected lines, delivery, and collection conditions apply. Yes, here we are, uh, keeping the ball on the ground. Uh, we're good friends at William Hill. Bet £10, get a free £30 bet. Tremendous. We've got the best young player to ever play for Motherwell. We've also got David Turnbull and Kevin Kyle. How are we doing, lads? Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Paul, on you go. Sorry, mate. It's, just, it's an absolute pleasure and honour the day, side for the young Prince, to meet the, the, the king of Motherwell, mate. So it's going to be a real special episode today, mate. <laughs> oh, David, just so you know, mate, we didn't just let any of you on here, mate. Only top players allowed, and also Kelly Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, David? You all right, mate? I'm all good, mate. Just fucking chilling. Is that the bedroom? Is that the bedroom? Ah, uh, that's the room, mate. Little arms. I can smell it for you here, young man. <laughs> Kev, what's happening? Oh, not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Just fucking woke up, mate. I've just had a couple of bits of toast and a cup of tea, so I'm ready to go. You're looking good, big man. I will. Slaney, looking good for you, but here upwards. If you look good, I'm going to sit in a pair of pants, big man. Look. Kev's body and Slaney's nose. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> oh, David, what are, you doing, uh, what are you doing to keep yourself entertained during the day, mate? I've been doing nothing, to be honest, because <laughs> when it was finished, uh, at the end of the season, I was going to get pins with my knee. But because we haven't had happened, I haven't done it London about three weeks ago and got them out. So I've just to uh, rest up with them and basically do nothing until I'm able to walk and all that. So, wait, you were back, you were back playing and then you had to go and get pins taken out as well? It was going to happen at the end of the season. I was going to get in uh, once the season was done. I'd probably come in pre-season, maybe miss a few weeks. So it's probably ideal for me to now get it, get it done, get it on the road. 
Oh, boys, we need to say, before he got injured, we were buzzing off him on the podcast, weren't we? What a player, man. Aye, I must admit, Si, he's probably, uh, probably the kind of first Scottish player in a long time that the, the, the country's got excited about. Um, huge potential. Um, obviously, I had a wee dig up him on Twitter, but that was just doing to purely having a wee uh, gripe about young players and big moves. So I'm sorry about that, David. I will, I will say this. Will uh, you give him Twitter? Eh? Yeah. What did you say in Twitter? I think I said something about just go and sign the fucking deal at Celtic and just go on with playing football or something. But fucking right. But no, Si, you're right, Si. We were absolutely buzzing with this boy because obviously it was somebody that we were all talking about at the time. And to see what happened to him and get that bad injury, man, that was a shocker. So I'm pretty sure he's going to come back stronger, bigger and better. Because he looks yeah, like he's... I need to ask you, David. See, uh, my favourite thing I seen for you was when you hit it with your right foot, did I hit the bar, come back, and then you fucking volleyed it in your left foot. Uh, I went to the bar. Mate, like Sorry, you. Tremendous, <laughs> mate. You're only like technical Scottish player. Like, where does that come from? Did you practice loads as a kid? Was it coaching you got? What? How, how have you got so technical? I'd say it was just practicing. Like when I was younger, I'd just go at the, at the back, at the front, get a ball with my brownies, pins and all. I'd say as you got older. Folk kind of try to coach out you, but it's just kind of I've just tried to do my own thing and use my ability. And it's all right. That's it, mate. Do you, Slinny? Just we were saying about how well uh, Davy Boy was doing before he got the injury. He was on fire, wasn't he? Oh, sorry, absolutely. Sorry, I ain't interested in, in, in most football players' side, but certainly young David Turnbull's side. I've got a lot, a lot of time for side. And what we, we found out last night was. That me and David Turnbull actually shared a changing room at one stage, Sai. No way. David, have you got yeah. any stories for the boys? Because I'm no too sure, I can't really remember it all. I was only a young boy. I was coming in day release. I think I was only in my. Day release in jail? It's you. You came in slowly, didn't you? You keep fit at one point. I came in to keep fit and I remember I'm never alive. I remember Stuart McCall sat me down and he went, Slaney, this is your chance to get back in the game, son. He went, I want you to keep the heat down. By two days later, Si, I get papped at the club. I had that reserve changing room up in fucking turmoil. <laughs> 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 oh, Turnbull and Slaney, have you been cutting your hair with Stevie Craigan's fucking football boots? Si, <laughs> 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 you know what happened, what was he like? Yeah. Si, see this boy here, Si, he's going to go to the very top, and I mean it by the bottom of my heart. I watched his wee documentary, Si, it was, it was magnificent. It brought a tear to my eye, Si, and um, this what, Si, I really, really do hope this guy goes all the way. Appreciate that, Slaney boy. Not a problem. Uh, baby, what was, he, what was Slaney like when he came in? I remember, I'm sure it was the day I was in, he came in with a pair of boot cut jeans on. With a pair of running trainers and sat down all day reading a book that he'd brought in, didn't speak to him, do <laughs> you? You're weirdo, you're weirdo. We are saying, absolutely terrorize that changing room, don't you worry about it? <laughs> nah, that's what I talk is, slain it, slain it. Kev, any advice for the young man when you're a young player, you get a big injury, what are you saying? Oh, mate, honestly, it must be like I've experienced it, it's horrendous, but. I think you've just got to understand. You've got to um, accept the fact that it will get better, and you've just got to be patient. It doesn't like he's probably itching to get back and straight into the first team, but they're telling him to slow down, take his time. But 
just just take the time, be patient, and everyone will fall back into place because, you know what I mean, your ability just to disappear just because you've had an injury. Mm-hmm. It's just a confidence oh. thing, and that'll come back with, with trusting the knee and getting yourself back to where you were, young man. But that frustrating getting back to fitness after such a long layoff, and then the break happens, it's a bit like Kev going on a diet, and then the Greg's put his 50% sale on. Let's give it I was just getting back. I played a Rezzy's game and I came on a few times with the first team and then I think we were playing Aberdeen the Friday but then that got cancelled obviously and I was hoping maybe next the week after I think it was Kelly or the week after that I'd be back to kind of full fitness and ready to start again so wasn't it great at the time but in the long term it's probably helped me I we watched your documentary as well it was good, wasn't it? We TV star. What did you terrorise the physio when you were uh, when you were injured for all that time? You fucking end up hating the physio, didn't you? Physio? Did I hate him? He got out no, there. Did he get terrorised? I know he's he's kind of he's been good, was he? I've always said that he's treated me differently than all the other injured boys. Like at the start, fucking it bastard, just send me home or just tell me to take the day off and all that. So he's been good with me, but. It's got a bit of banter about him as well. Because well, how's the physios when you uh, when you got injured? So I, I, I'm not never delay here, Sai. I love I do love physios, you know, Sai, because I've spent more time with more physios than anybody in, in, in the football and game side. But certainly we uh, we JP Sai, a lovely wee guy. But Sai, it doesn't matter what injury you had, Sai. He would use elbow treatment if you had a broken <laughs> leg, Sai. His elbow would be in about you, Sai. So that wee guy, he was fantastic wee guy, Sai. But certainly that was the only philosophy he knew of. Mate, I had a physio at, uh, at Swindon, right? Dick Mackey, his name was. It turns out he was never a physio, like never had any badges or anything, right? See, every time you got an injury kit, no matter what it was, just go and have a hot bath. <laughs> Mate, he'd sit in the hot bath for 30 minutes, right? And then I'd be like, ah, Dick, his bath's getting cold. He went, just run another hot bath. Mate, <laughs> four hours jumped between baths. <laughs> Kev, did you do any hopeless physios? Aye, the one at Hearts was fucking hopeless, but he's now the first team physio at Aston Villa. Oh, wow. <laughs> it could have been that bad. But no, I just say... Uh, physios are never... Uh, physios are never on a... On a, a uh, they're never going to win, are they? Every cunt hates them. Um, but ultimately, they're just trying to get you back to um, to fitness. But it's, what, what got me with physio side was, see if you had a, a bad knee, they'd fucking work your upper body. See if you done a serum. You've got your legs. They had a way of working every part of your body. I thought, is there any chance of a fucking day off? <laughs> right, right. David, you got a return date for tuning when he's back? Yeah, they had it done as 23rd April or something, but Gaffer put in the chat last night, I think it was, that saying, just forget that. But it'll be longer than that. And it'll just kind of keep us updated. I think he was talking about pre-season, so no idea yet. Party time, isn't it? Party time. Imagine getting that full time and you're off till next season, man. Oh my god, man. That must be a nightmare for you, David, though, surely. Because you you you'll you'll be wanting to get back playing to try and get yourself back in the short window and get that big movie after. Obviously you must be enjoying yourself at Motherwell, that's that's without question, but you've got aspirations to uh, to move on to bigger and better things, surely. Uh, I was hoping to get back fit and playing this time but I always had my head at the end of the season I need to get them at my knee so uh, I wasn't sure how fit I was going to be in the summer after it and then that's happened but I feel like however long the break is going to be this will give me a good chance of getting back fit and everybody will be at the same kind of 
Hopefully. What about box sets? Anybody watching any good box sets, Kev? Do you know what I watched, Si? I watched that uh, Tiger, Tiger King. Oh, brilliant, isn't it? Wee Slaney. Si, I'm really looking He does look like Slaney, doesn't he? Wait till you Wee see this, man. Keep talking, Kev. Wee Slaney exotic. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, I see, I'm reading the news this morning, Si, that Donald Trump is going to look into his case and try and get my pardon. So that would be music to my ears, getting the... Uh, <laughs> Wait, there's a better one. Wait till you see Oh, Slaney, have you watched it? I've watched it, mate, but I had to turn it off. Because you kept seeing yourself on the telly. It was, it was reminding <laughs> myself of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do know when this episode comes out, there's going to be millions of people. Doing the photoshops with Slaney on the wee Joe Exotics head. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Slaney and uh, his wee pal Paul have been playing uh, Grand Theft Auto and he's now calling himself Paul the Crim. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have been playing that. Have you, Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, unbelievable, you'll not believe this. That's me now, a, C- a CEO side of a company. <laughs> right, Kev, I've seen you tweeting about it, so we're going to speak about it. Sunderland till I die. Wow. Talk to us, Kev. Come on, give us a big rant about your own club. Yeah, I kind of I, I give a rant because it's actually heartbreaking to watch that. When I, when I was in, I experienced such a lot of good. I obviously experienced a lot of lows, but it's just, when you, see, you know what got me the most about the whole programme, right? And this might, this will probably end up reaching a paper. There's one guy that sits in with the chairman and the vice chairman and he's suited up with a Sunderland tie and he's giving out advice. He used to be the guy that was dressed up with Samson the Cat for the match, pre, pre-match mascot thing. So for me, I'm looking at that thing. No way! So what, the mascot's running the club? <laughs> the mascot's running the club. Mate, one of the fucks. I'm, 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 see, when I was watching it, right, I was looking at the guy thinking, I know his face. And then I remember when we used to come out in the tunnel, he'd be in the tunnel with a Samson uh, Cat costume on, with a hat off, and I'm like, that's him, that's that same guy. No wonder the club's fucked. But it's obviously, he's obviously done well in his working environment. He's, went, he's got promoted from being a cat to a CEO. A fat <laughs> cat. Did you watch it, Slaney? Slaney, did you watch it? Dear mate, what about, there's one guy that was a hero site, and we've no mentioned him. Who? Mar- Martin Bain. What about him? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the chamber. <laughs> No, I, who, what player uses the chamber? And he was like, nobody. He went, who uses it? Martin Bain. Yes, please. That's <laughs> magic. <laughs> Do you watch it, Davey? I watched it, man. Scary, like shambles, that. Madness. But how can they, how can they two guys run the club? Because, uh, see, after, see, at half-time, they're carrying the team. I can't no, understand that. Scary, mate, that was scary. They're carrying the team at Wembley, man, and the manager. I could not believe that. Mate, I, it was, it was, I honestly, it left me speechless. See, to be fair, the team, they were, they were probably spot on with what they were saying. I don't know about that, mate. No, but you, you, you don't do that. You don't do that. No, you don't do it, but they had a point. They needed to, they were too negative in the, in the final. I know, but can I just say something? Like, what about when he wanted to make, the boy Charlie wanted to make the stadium a light, like a nightclub? I was just going to say that. <laughs> mate, Off did you 
<laughs> oh, what about the wee boy, Luke Nine Man? Did you see him? He was doing my nothing. He was like a competition. Off the camera, him, man. Ah, he loved the cameras, didn't he? In the ass up, <laughs> He's that busy wee teammate that fucking does everything by the book. Look, we're going to do a prank today. No, I'll, I'll just tell the gaffer. Fuck off, Luke. <laughs> Mate, he still sleeps with his bedroom lamp on, doesn't he? Right, we're going to next. Right, we're going to go on. Uh, Davey's been playing FIFA with your man, Tony Watt. Davey, who's the best player? I've chucked. Wi-Fi's been playing up and I can't ask for a shit butter. <laughs> oh, he's, is he not unbelievable as it's on, eh? Nah, he's average. I don't know you hear him saying that, but... Ah, he's just good going on and getting the banter, but he's not very good, to be honest. I thought he'd be better, you know, a big lick to his channel on YouTube and all that, but... Who's, uh, who's, who's the best? There were some big names playing, weren't there? Aye, there was Liam Boyce for Hearts. Yeah, there was uh, Martin Boyle for Hibs. If you call them big names, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a couple of big names there, David. <laughs> no, but Christy was playing as well, wasn't he? Ryan Christy was playing. Oh, I wasn't on that night, but I think he was, aye. What? So, did he fancy it? I actually get invited inside, but I'm not interested in playing computer games. I'm about the real thing, mate. The total real thing. What's that? Ladies, my man. How's <laughs> <laughs> Susan? By the way, she went down a storm on the Josh Windass one, eh? We've got a wee thing coming. Um, we've got a wee thing coming up, the both of us. Um, I don't know if it's been delivered yet, but if it is, David Turnbull will be in for a treat later on. <laughs> Hi, what? Is it? She's not going to do a Can you give us any clues? Well, Pat Butcher could be in the, 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 the FaceTime side. That's what I can say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you a big one for the old computer games that when you played? I had grown men at Swindon that used to lock themselves in a room for three years, wife and kids. I was, uh, when I played with Coventry, I was addicted to Call of Duty. Uh, that was that everyone at Swindon was the same, mate. Mate, I was addicted to it. I used to, I couldn't wait to get him to play Call of Duty. I liked this free for all that, that you had to kill everybody in the room. And I, I, I couldn't stop playing until I killed the whole 25 people without me dying. So it got to the point where Lynn says to me, it's either the Xbox or me. So she took shit back up the road to Stranraer and the Xbox got upgraded to a, to a 360 plus one, whatever you want to call it. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously I shit myself, Si, and I put the Xbox in the loft and it's never came back out. That was about eight years ago. Tremendous, mate. Uh, how's Tony been, uh, Davey? Uh, and about the dressing room and that, mother well, good player? Ah, uh, he's been good, I think, since he first came in. You could kind of tell he's got a bit about him, and then he's just about trying to get back fit, I think. And he's scored a few goals, to be fair, so when he's came in, done well. But I think he's just worried about trying to get as fit as he can, and then kick on to the What's he part like? Part Can be good, can be bad, but he loves a question. You tell him something, he just asks you hundreds of questions. Can't ask that. <laughs> did, you talk about, uh, did you talk about the goal? See, to be fair, I was trying to get out, but he didn't mention it. He was talking about other things, and then 
we're sitting with him, but he says he hardly tries to you know, speak about it because Boko is judging on that goal, didn't they? Yeah, see all that? I would not give a fuck if people judge me on that. I wouldn't I would nah. stop talking about it, would you? 100%. Fucking tell everybody. Uh-huh. Selene, imagine you scored that goal against Barca. Surely, if somebody was judging you on scoring v Barcelona, you'd be absolutely buzzing. Um, I mean, that's what I would talk about. I still talk about the goals I scored for Air United and Clyde, so imagine I scored v Barca. Fuck me. May I just go with him, Selene? <laughs> Absolutely zero. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, have you got like a defining goal that you always talk about? Oh, no, none really. Si. The only one I would ever do was that podcast. Remember what I did and I said I'd scored at Highbury? Oh, so you did. Wow. I would only chuck that one in uh, and probably score the, uh, the Etihad against Man City in the Premiership. I'd probably chuck that one in. But... Oh, if you want somebody to blow your trumpet, young Paul Slane will do it. Oh, oh, me. oh, Mr. Senior, George Slane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has he gave you a bit since you came about the babe station? Has he pulled you up? He went, no, no word of lie. He phoned me, right? And went like that. What are you telling lies for? We've never watched, we've never watched babe station. So I, I'm no kidding on. The amount of times when I was a boy, I used to walk down here and peek my head in the living room and see him calling all sorts of numbers. So he's telling lies there. <laughs> Oh, tremendous. So, Lenny, you were at Celtic when uh, Tony Watt scored that goal. Were you at the game? <laughs> no, well, I was at the game, but um, I was actually in my famous spell at Partick Thistle. Um, so, when I was at Fur Hill, um, Tony Watt was scoring v Barcelona. So, you can imagine how Mahid was feeling that night. Um, no, a magic, magic night. One of the most famous nights uh, at Celtic Park. Um, and he's a great boy, Tony. Maybe some people misunderstand him, but no, he's a great boy, Si. What, was he was he good about the place in that? Was he funny or just? No, it was it, it was good. He was he was funny. He had the big time shouts and that. Um, but I don't know. Si, it seems if he's changed a wee bit now though, because he's he seems if he's doing a hell of a lot of running. I can't even remember Tony Watt being like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the same, Davey? Are you running all the time? I'm doing nothing. No, Stop but like, see when, see when you're fit, are you, like, are you a grafter or are you just, just nah, a baller? Nah. Just kind of chilled a minute and go to the gym then again, but it's no something I can thrive off of. What, but, um, see when you first broke into the first team, like, what, was there a stage where you thought, like, I'm on fire here? It was probably the second half of the season. First half, like, when I just broke through, I think it was October time. I was doing well, scored a few goals, but... I always kind of knew I could do more and I was hoping for that to come and then after the winter break I came back and I was flying there was just every every game like once hasty broke through as well we were just kind of going on the pitch I was expecting to score two goals or a goal every game and it was just confidence I think See I love that see that I was going on the pitch expecting to score two goals every time I went there I was expecting to have an absolute fucking nuke that's <laughs> what I'm saying what's this confidence in it like, if you're playing well you play better and better but if you have a few bad games you takes a while to come back have you always been like that for a centre midfielder all about getting goals in that yeah you all the way through the youth you know? and being the striker or attacking midfielder just try to get as many goals as I can because that's gone now for the centre midfielder for me like Lampard and that like Midfielders want to just pass it five yards all the time and they don't really want to get goals, kid. 
Um, is that doing to say uh, like how, how teams set up their formation and that? Like, whereas maybe Motherwell they set up like Chelsea did. They set their formations up so that Lampard and the likes of David Turnbull there they get the freedom to maybe go forward and score goals. I think a lot of teams nowadays set up where it's more about the idea of scoring and attacking there, but predominantly they would rather make sure that everyone's shored up and it's tighter, if that makes sense. But nah, like, I don't think the, the big the, the strikers always go for the big dose side. You see a goal scoring midfielder, they can go for massive dough as well because oh, of they've got a bit of everything. Yeah. Slaney, were you were you worried about goals when you played? Like did you do you go out there thinking I'm gonna score today? No, I didn't. I, as I said, when I when I played, I, I'm not never delight. I went through. I used to be a finisher uh, up front. I was deadly, and then all of a sudden, my, I don't know what happened. I just couldn't shoot every time I shot. I touched the gun, um, and I, I I don't know what it was. But as you, we were talking about it in the, the last couple of podcasts. To be, I think to finish and score goals is the hardest thing out there for anybody. And I big cave. I give you a hell of a lot of credit, Big Mac, to put yourself in these positions because I do believe it's the hardest thing in the game to put the ball in the back of the net. No, I know I've asked you that before about goals, but what I'm trying to ask you is, like, see when you were going to play against Slaney, what was your what was your thing like? I'm, I'm going to put crosses in, I'm going to beat it, take the full back on every time I get it. What was it? I changed it because as, when it was Motherwell, honestly, I was so positive. All I wanted to do was take players on. But as Davey said there, when your confidence can go sometimes, you must change it. So I thought to myself, all I'm going to do is work hard. That's what I said to myself, because you can say to yourself, Si, you can say to yourself, do this and do that. And then it doesn't work out and you're left stranded in that pitch, desperate to get t- taking off. So I changed my full mindset, Simon. Yeah. OK, just on Tony Watt, you ever seen a teammate that's had made a rapid rise into the first team? Kev? Um, probably when I was younger, there was a guy called uh, Tommy Butler. And because I think I mentioned before, and because he was so skillful in the youths and reserves, they quickly pushed him up into the first team because they didn't worry about his size or, or anything like that. He just had the natural ability just to get in the first team. And he got into the first team and it was just a bit here and a bit there. Yeah. But it was how quick he went from youth team to reserves to first team. We all had to like do maybe 10, 15, 20 games in reserves before we even had a, um, an inkling of getting in the first team. But whereas he just was a few good games of youth team. One good game, the Rays, then bang, that weekend he was in the squad. And that I think that's a manager believing in you. I think they see something in you and you think, right, surely this kid can handle it. Whereas some players like me, I took forever to get in the first team at, at, at Sunderland 20, 30, 40 Rezzy games. But then you get that opportunity. But some people, they've got that wee something that just makes them different, stand out from the rest, that they just go in and they look, they look as if they've never been out of the first team, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I see on you, Davey, I, I spoke to like David Clarkson, Stephen Hamill, and they were they were telling me like a year before you were playing in the first team that you should have been playing in the first team. Did you need to wait longer than you probably thought you were you were gonna? Yeah, uh, the season before I broke through, I felt I should have been kind of playing. I mean, I was trying to get in the loan, but the gaffer wouldn't let me. So if it was a good thing, I don't know, but. I felt that season I should have been playing. Then I played the last two games of the season. I think that was when they got to the cup final. Yeah. I was on the bench for that. But I don't know what it was. I think it was just a style of football they were playing that season. Then, like, when they fit my style. So, when you made that jump up for like youth team, uh, first team, were you ripping it up and straight away, or did it take you a while to get going? Well, I, 
I'd kind of been training with first team for a good three years, I'd say, before I broke in. Because like, my first season, when I played the 20s, I was on the bench. I think it was the last game of the season. And then then I played the season after. And then I was kind of training with them every day. So I was kind of getting in, I was doing well, but I'd still had to bulk up in size and stuff. And then when I went in, I was just kind of, right, just enjoying it. Can I ask you something? See when, you, see when you're, um, you said that you're training with the first team for about two or three years and the manager wouldn't let you go on loan. Were you, being, were you on the bench and stuff for the first team at the time or were you, were you in the squads or how was that? Maybe two weeks in a row I'd be on the bench and then I was I was like going, feeling like I was ready but then they wouldn't put me on. Maybe the week after I'd miss out the squad. It was just a weird one and then I was kind of wanting to get on loan I wasn't allowed to so didn't really know what to do. I can never, I can never figure out that why managers do that. Why they've got young kids who are, they've got, they, they say they've got all the potential and they're going to be this and they're going to be that, but they don't play them. But yet they won't let them get in loan to gain the experience they need to be in the first team. Sometimes I find that confusing. But in your, in your circumstances, it's worked out all right for you because you're now playing regularly. You are, you, you obviously ripping it up, scoring 15, 16 goals, whatever you did in your 35 appearances. But it's. Stevie Robinson's probably got a, a thumbs up for that one, but I was just curious to find out if you weren't getting in the team, but training with him, were you in the squad? Were you on the bench? But you've answered that, oh, top man. Yeah. Sorry, you Megan, is he in training that? Were you like Megan boys, older boys, and that? Did you not care? I was getting to be fair, so it's just sometimes just try to do different things and take the piss a wee bit sometimes, but also. Few of them just gonna smash you in that. So who would, who, who would smash it? The bad days. First few times up the first team there's big Mac and that, and then last, like and then aye, you know, uh, and then like Nira when I started playing there was Tom Aldred and all that. They just kind of they'd get annoyed about it that they were doing so well and just gonna try hit you and stuff. Selena, were you the same when you first started team with the first team? Would you go and take the piss? Another will. Mate, see, I was just about to see that. When I first went to the first team, I believe when I was at Motherwell that I should have been there. And I remember at 15, or was it 15 or 16? I'm sure it might have been 15, that we went away to Austria with the first team, right? Now, I was flying. I was, let me just say, I was the best player there at 15 year old. We had Ross McCormack, Bob Malcolm, um, David Clarkson. Who else you want to name? I was much better than the most, but I'm going to say it the new right. And it's a wee bit of a joke, but I was I was brilliant then. But what I'm going to say is, we played against great teams and whatever and friendlies, right? Now I came back, and um, it was in the paper. Mark McGee said he's going to have a big season for us. It reminds me a lot of Robbie Keane when I was at Coventry. I think it was William. Uh, I'm sure it was that. And then um, Scott Leach was saying to everybody. And then the next week, I get put to the youth team. And did not dream of the first team mate, the rest of the season. Why not? Well, it was the most bizarre thing. Somebody, somebody said that I was out a night out. Mate, I had any goot when I was at Mullerwell, so that was a lie. But that's how bad it can be when we're talking about young players. They're showing great promise and then they just disappear after finishing there. Now, listen to this one. So that full season, I never played a game. And then the last game of the season, the week up to it, my contract's running out and Mark McGee pulls me in and says, I'm going to start you. So I said to Big Dingus, I went, 
you've not played me all, all year or let me in about the team. And he went, that's my decision. I'm the manager. So he was obviously just doing it, Si, for me to sign the deal. Big ding, yes, man. Here's one for you, right? <laughs> this isn't a, like, a rapid riser, but when I was, uh, I signed a three-year deal when I was 16 at Celtic. And then on my 17th birthday, only like half a year into my three-year deal, uh, Tommy Burns and uh, Strachan and that came and says, we want you to sign a four-and-a-half-year deal. A new deal, we'll rip that old one up and we'll give you a four-and-a-half-year deal, better money, we'll be training with the first team, stuff like that. So, signed a four-and-a-half-year deal. Uh, next day in the paper, it was like three pages into the back, it said, uh, the next Petrov is not very far away. And then it says, kid Simon signs four-and-a-half-year deal. So, get up to lunch that day and fucking dreading the first team reading that, do you know what I mean? Uh, so we're all sitting and Big Sutton picks up the paper and I, I'm watching him. I'm at the reserve table, he's at the first team table. And he gets, I can see him on the page and he starts laughing at himself. And he's, he goes, the next Petrov is not very far away. He says, that's fucking disgusting what they've wrote about you, Stan. They must really have to do that paper. That was magic. Brilliant, big, but Petrov bang on, but Sutton man absolutely ended us. Yes, see, uh, see big dingus, big Mark McGee. I remember, right? Me and Bob McHugh were standing outside the lunch hall, 15 year old. But Bob was a boy from Mary Hill, he's standing right outside the lunch hall with his horns doing his shots. No, he wasn't, he, he was just standing like that sometimes when you stand like that. And uh, Mark McGee walks around with a couple of Americans, I don't know what they, who they were, I think they might have been maybe looking to buy a club, I don't know, and Mark McGee walked in, and Mark McGee looked at Bob in front of the two Americans and went, you better take your horns at your boys, you clatty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Bob was shaking up, man. Oh, brilliant. Right, we're going to talk about the Motherwell youth system. What a system, brought it to the likes of Paul Slayton, David Turnbull. What's so good about it, Davey? How, how are they producing players? I don't know how to answer that, to be honest. Uh, it's just kind of all the way up. I don't know, what is? did you join it, Slaney? I joined at um, the end of Primary 7, and it was, it was just amazing. Um, the coach, at that time, the standard of coaches, I don't know what it's like now, Davey Boy, but I remember then you had Chris McCart, Gordon Young, the standard of coaching was unbelievable. and uh, But that's the way I believe Scottish clubs should be because they've not got a lot of money. So you should really invest in your youth, bring them through and then sell them on. Uh, they, of course, we'd love to see younger players staying with these clubs, but it's just not the ideal world we live in. You know, I love about Motherwell though that all the ex-players are now coaching the youth teams. I think that's brilliant. When I was at Celtic, ah, it was guys like that's... Willie McStay, Jim McAnally, Tommy Burns, Owen Archdeacon, Danny Craney. They'd been there, they played for Celtic. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be a player to be a great coach. Obviously, you need to be good at the coaching as well, but just having the people coaching you, David, the boys that have been there and done it, it makes a big difference for me, no? Aye, uh, that helps. To be fair, it was kind of Hammy and Clarky and Faddy. They were all coming to the end of their career. And then, once I signed full-time stuff, it was Craig's. He took the 20s and he helped me a lot. Going uh, on really well. and he kinda, His training was really good, I thought, as well. And just... Kicked me on as a player as well. Well, did Faddy ever give you any wee bits of advice? Because obviously he's a similar sort of player. Just try things on the pitch, don't really give a fuck. I uh, well, when I first kind of met him, he was coming in training with twenties just to get fat, and it was a joke. It was just making for making for fun, and then I think he signed again as a 
play a manager or something and then they'd kind of talk to you then just tell you to be constant and just do what you're doing your ability will shine through but he was brilliant with us and a few was, he still, young boys was, was he still brilliant when he was chairman of the 20s uh-huh. I come in I think I get made about three times in his first session yeah just, I love that. Was and then done it the first team as well I mean the answer was I think it was Hartswell playing at home he was a player assistant manager or something getting pumped free now I think it was the last 10 minutes somebody said I wanted to have a free kick and they put it in the top corner yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. see he at Motherwell does the boys still do all the jobs so when I first went in at 15 um, we used to be in it'll be similar to you Kevin Sai as well but I don't know if it still happens now did you just do, need, do you still need to go in and then um, be in there for 8 o'clock and you don't leave to about 5 and you're doing all the jobs around the stadium does that still happen? I wouldn't say so much now. When I first went in with Craig's as a coach, he'd usually have us in at about, about 9 to about 4 o'clock. Can then do all the jobs, going up to the gym and then clean all the boots. But now, I think they try to do it a wee bit, but the boys have got their boots today and clean them, but you don't really see them doing much else, to be honest. Uh, Selena, how was Craig and you when you were a young cheeky wee bastard? <laughs> I'll never forget this one where... Me and Bo McHugh were up in the gym. Um, I don't know if we were meant to be training with the, the youth team and we kiddied on, we were injured, I don't know. And Craigan came up to the gym, seen what we're kicking the ball about and ran down to Mark McGee and Grassstone is for kicking the ball. So that sums up Stephen Craggs. <laughs> <laughs> not, a man for, not a man for me. It was actually very nice for me at Motherwell. A really, really good man. Do I like him technique? No. Do I like him as a pundit? No. Let me move on. Alright, <laughs> 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 oh, how's, uh, how's David Clarkson's hair looking? Remember, Fur Clark oh. was Fur for years. That's what uh, Clarkson's hair's like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not got much left, has he? I was texting him last night, actually. He's some man, Clark, isn't he? Ah, he's a great guy. What a man. Kev, your hair's a bit like uh, Albion Rovers' goal mouth. <laughs> Aye, it's a wee bit, uh, it's actually sad, it's getting worse mate, honestly, I've... Uh, Put your heat down. Ah, uh, mate, I can't wait a minute, wait a minute, let me see if I can go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Penalty spot. <laughs> honestly, it's fucking, it's actually stressing me out because the hydro's been obviously suspended, so that appointment I had done in London, Harley Street for a new haircut's been put on a back burner. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go. Sh- the next haircut side is a big one. I might just shave it all off, and that's it. I, it's gone forever. I think you suit a skinhead. <laughs> no, I, I look hard as fuck, and I'm no hard at all. Oh, I know when you're hard, young man. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. What's that? What is that? What are you doing here? The ginger morelos, my man. Not a problem. Ah, for Shelby. Oh, tremendous. Right, when you ask you about Stephen Robinson, Davey, uh, I've heard he's a, a tremendous coach, is that right? Uh, he's been really good. He knows the game well. He's kind of, he's training session, I love his training. Do you think he's made you a better player? Yeah, uh, definitely. He'll take the credit for that as well, he always says that. But, Does he say that? Ah, huh? uh, exactly. Remember who made you? But, <laughs> Selena, you see that yeah, to the new coach as well, didn't you? Oh, I say that all the time. Oh, mate, all the time. Big Dingus used to say that to me as well. Oh, I used to slap him about. 
Can you lose yeah. it, Joe? Stephen Robinson, he looks like an angry wee guy, man. Uh, after a game, you know, it's like if you beat or something, kind of maybe singles out a few boys, has a bit of a rant, but then the next day in training, they'll kind of come out of it and they'll be sound you, which is good as well, I think. Even though you're the golden boy, do you get it as well? Towards the end of last season, they didn't give me anything there, but when I broke through, I think, I think it was living away. And he was shouting on at me or something, then I shouted back, but he thought I shouted back, fuck off, twice or something, then they, they came in the change and just lost that at me after that, but I was sitting shaking myself. <laughs> so, did you used to shout back at managers? All the time. That was my worst trait, even senior players, I remember going into, like a first team 15-year-old and telling players to fuck off. See, uh, see the canny on me, even the shout at you, right? I remember one game I was playing, like, and I thought, started off quite well, 15 minutes into the game. And he shouts me over on the side of the pitch. And he's like, ah, you've got... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Fucking five minutes to liven up or you're coming off. I was like, ah, what? Mate, see, for the rest of the first half, I was fucking shitting myself, man. I was actually doing all right. Uh, what about uh, Slaney? Uh, Keith Lasley's there as well, assistant manager. Another player. Did you know you used to have barbecues every summer for all the team? All oh, the boys. Well, that's the first half. I must have never got invited. <laughs> Somebody says you put your face on the barbecue. See, I think it was me worried what I was going to do with the sausages. And you know exactly what I would have done. Right up, uh, right anyway, side. But Keith Lasley, uh, amazing. Him and Steve McGarry and McCormick, absolutely amazing about the place. Brilliant with younger players as well. Now, that year I was maybe near the end, Simon, that they still they were still terrorise younger players, but it, it really, really blossomed you into the, a first team player that you'd have became. It was, it was absolutely great, guys. You like Lasley, Dave? Ah, he's a good guy. Done well in coaching as well. I think he's. Kind of turned into a good coach, but played with him a few times, maybe pre season games, was that as well? It was good with the boys. Is that right about the barbecue, so? Uh, well, uh, I'm a bit of a Used to get them around at the end of the season, having all these kind of hammy and all that, cocky. Just get pushed, I think. Oh, that's what it's all about. Uh, right, Slate, uh, Davey, good dressing room, funniest characters, who are you saying? The new or past players as well. Uh, both, give us both. Pat, we'll go past first. 
Last season, Russell Cormack, he was nuts. Russell Cormack, man. Jesus, he's a Russell McCormick story, come on. It was last year when we went to Tenerife pre-season. Gaffer was like, right, nobody got out, nobody did this. I think there was about 14, 15 boys kind of snuck out at night and then Veronica's. And then I just remember sitting with him. So, well, everybody was on the table, but I was sitting next to him. And he's buying all the drinks and all that, whatever. And then he's dropped a 50 note. And I've looked at it in the grunt. He's like, did I take that or did I tell him? I'm like, right, you'll tell him. I'm like, Ross, he dropped that, mate. He's like, oh, fuck's sake, you know. He's like, don't worry about that. I've dropped me, I'm getting off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did I see you on Ross McCormack? Yeah. You know, he's breaking into the first team. I remember it, right? We're doing the warm up and uh, see Rab Thompson. He's I think he's at Celtic now, the fitness coach. Three fingers. Well, he hates you, mate, after you said about his handshake. Did he hear it? He's listening to Slenny's got my handshake. <laughs> but no word they lie. Ross McCormack used to, when he was setting up the warm up, Rab, he, Ross McCormack used to just zing balls and hit his head right every day. So. It got worse. He used to then start wrestling to the ground. Every I mean, this was every warm up. But Rab just take him down, and then I'll never forget it. It was a it was a winter's day, and Ross McCormick had a bit of ice. So I right beside each other and smash Rab right in the face, right? And Rab got a bit of ice in his eye. He started greeting. I'm not. I couldn't see for about ten minutes. So it's, a, it's a terrible story, but that was what Ross McCormick was all about in the warm ups. <laughs> Oh, how good was his technique though? Roscoe's technique oh, was a joke, man. Oh, when we were in Tenerife, he was, I think he came and he was just injured. The goalie coach took him for a separate shooting drill and must have had about 20 balls and they all were in the top corner. Mental. We used to play against him in the youth team. And he, I was obviously at Celtic. He was a couple of years older, but he was at Rangers, mate. He was frightening, man. Oh, mate, what a player. He's made a few quid, haven't he? Kev, you play against Ross McCormick now? You know what, Si, I don't think I ever did. I, play, I played with him in the in a Scotland squad um, and just that, like, it's a shame, like, so much ability and he's had a right good career but he could have had a, a longer career. He's just obviously seemed to have things no work to it for him since he left Aston Villa but, um, no, Ross McCormick guy, one, one of the guys, Si, that will look back and think, you know what I mean, could have been could have been a right top, top career for a long oh. time, not just for the time he had. I know what you're saying, mate, but he's had, what, about five years in the championship where he was... Oh, no. Sorry, he was, you know the, the championship's most expensive sign at one point for... Was it Fulham to... Was it Fulham to Villa? No, I think no, it was Leeds no. to Fulham, wasn't it? Aye, whatever it was. Twelve mil. Twelve mil, mate, you're right. Uh-huh. I know, so, did no, I was really awkward. See, when he came on uh, for pre-season, David, did he still did he still have a bit? Yeah, it was January he came, but... He was coming, he was just coming back to an injury, I think, but he was, you could tell he was top. as soon as he started playing. Did he playing. tell you about um, being late, not being able to make training because he's gigs with no one? Did he tell you about it? Nah, <laughs> nah I'm not certain about that. <laughs> Somebody told me he didn't even hear gigs at his foot. Can I ask you a girl, what about, uh, is Trevor Carson still a nutcase, David? But, have, you, have you seen him while drinking on Trev? Seen him tenerife there, we're drinking him, why? Been out with him a few times, fucking nuts, isn't he? 
Mate, he is the monk for a mean machine, isn't he? <laughs> what a guy, though. Scary. I'm scared then, but... Mate, he's a hero, but see, one Christmas do at Portsmouth, he was properly going to punch my head off, eh? like, offered me a square to go outside. Absolutely shit myself, man. You can lose it, can't you? Angry man, eh? He's as well, eh? What's that? You're saying, I Trevor. What is it, mate? I know Trevor. Trevor was in Trevor was in the youth team when I was at Sunderland. When I was in nineteens, he was in the seventeens. Oh, so he was. That's why he came to what we like in Ken. Oh, he was a madman then. Uh, big Rangers fan, uh, but he uh, he loves the show. Si. loves the show. Wants to come on. <laughs> David, tell me about uh, Peter Hartley. Big Pete. Aye, because I, 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 Big Pete was in the youth team the, the under seventeens when I was in the first team at Sunderland, and uh, he was having himself then, but he was fucking hopeless. I'm surprised he actually made it to the level of Motherwell. <laughs> I'll no comment on that then. Oh, so you're going to agree with me then? He's fucking hopeless. Is it for Red Car? What's that? He's for doing like Middlesbrough, are we, isn't he? Aye, uh, Hartlepool, I think. Near there, is it? Is it Aye, it's Hartlepool. I tell him for me, he's fucking hopeless. <laughs> Oh, you see, he's a, he's a hard bastard to know. Nah. Fucking hard to look at, Sai. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, if you're not having him, are you big man? No, I don't, I don't oh. mind Big Peter Hartley. I just, I'm just going to be a bit of banter, eh, Slaney. He'll uh, hopefully watch the show and he'll, he'll see that it's just all humour. But uh, in all honesty, he's hopeless. Uh, right, anyway. <laughs> uh, third in the league. What a season. If the season was to finish tomorrow, would you, would you be happy with third, obviously? Huh? I take it. Math, no? Oh, definitely, mate. Is that using Europe in that, huh? I think it is, aye. Whatever happens. If it finishes in third place, what not be? I'd take it. That'll be it, huh? Kev, definitely the third best team this year, Motherwell, nah? Sorry, just give me two seconds, mate. I've got to do it at the door, right? Guys, <laughs> you're spot on. Motherwell have been the third best team. I thought it was going to be... Because you asked me to Hibs. Just eat, man. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Fit dog uh, walking. What were you saying, Slaney Motherwell, third best team this year for me as well? Aye, uh, they really have. I, I thought Hibs were going to come and pip them, but Motherwell have been absolutely excellent. They really have. Kev, what about you, big man? You seen Motherwell today? Third best team? Because, see, when, they, when teams like Hibs and Hearts and Aberdeen, who are expected to be in the top, the top four, top five every season, the fact that Motherwell probably on a lower budget than most of those teams put together, the fact that they are sitting third, but they've been consistent, Motherwell. Um, Hearts and Hibs have dropped loads of points against some right rubbish teams, and so has Aberdeen, but Motherwell's been grinding at results every other week. And you look at their squad, you look at some of the names in their squad and stuff, and it, for me, they shouldn't be sitting third, but they've got a, obviously a great manager, Stevie Robinson, and they've got some right good, talented individuals in the team, and they look like they work as a team. And probably that's why they've been consistent and they're sitting third, and, and rightly so. Does that annoy you the boys at Motherwell, Davey, when I hate when people always say, oh, Motherwell, I just have to beat? Because uh, going forward, they're brilliant. I think it was just that season when they got to the to cup finals because of the way they played then. And then I think it kind of changed it last season. Folk kind of, some people who maybe don't watch, they'll just think even they got to the final, but certainly try to play a bit of football now. We're going to go on to the... The stuff that everyone wants to know about the Celtic move. Anybody want to ask him a question about the Celtic move? When he first heard of that? Davey boy, you're in the same boat as me, mate. 
It's, it's one of the toughest decisions you could get, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby. I didn't hear it. The fucking hope the same boat as you, Slaney. Who's train? Go on, Slaney, ask him. See, when... Did you want to go to Celtic when they came in for you? Aye, uh, I did. Mm. But that's... When did you first hear it? When did you first hear that they were, in, they were interested? There was always kind of rumours. About the about the home film. And then me and a few of the boys, the Rezies, we were in MAGA in the summer. And it just kind of kicked off there. Every day it was getting more and more. And then I think it was about five days in, I had to come home. It was because it was Celtic plans everywhere, just pestering me and all that. Oh, you see, when you're in Magaluf and you get a phone call at Celtic, won't you? Do you get me? Do you get a bottle of champagne around there? <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. I'd be going losing my fucking melon, man. Maggie, there's a great choice of summer vacation. Honestly, oh, no. I just have to give you one. Were you going wild over there? Because you thought this is happening. Are you buying boys drinks or not? I know. I looking. It's missed a few of them. Are kind of all Celtic fans, so they were all buzzing as well. But. In the hotel and all that, in our rooms, we'd be kind of having banter about it. But then once we went out, it was Celtic fan after Celtic fan just came up to me asking when I'm coming and all that. It was madness. Kev, any questions for Davey on the Celtic move? Aye, just obviously when it all the, the rumours and that started filtering while you were in Magaluf and stuff, what was your mindset? What were you thinking? Were you desperate to try and get it done and, and get, get it signed, or were you just quite laid back about the whole approach? or? Obviously, you said you came back five days early, but that was down to probably being annoyed by Celtic fans. But were you in your head, were you thinking, right, that's it, let's get this done, phone your agent, let's get this wrapped up? Or were you quite laid back about it, David? I was kind of chilled about it, to be honest. Uh, I came home, so I had to realise just the situation it was in. But then, once I was home, I was kind of chilled, just leaving it down to my agent. And then everything just kind of kicked off of there. So, when did you hear about it? When was it? Who was the English team? Norwich. Norwich. Norwich, aye. Yeah. So when did, when, had you already spoke to Celtic and then you get a phone call saying Norwich are in for you as, as well? So I'd be speaking to Celtic for about a week and a half, two weeks maybe. And then, but we were still just trying to agree everything. And then, my agent, there were still clubs on to my agent and then he's just like, it was just out of the blue really, I think it was on the, Monday or Tuesday, I went down to Norwich on the Wednesday, the Monday or Tuesday, next, my agent phoned me, he's like, my love accepted a bid for Norwich as well. He's like, we need to go down and have a look at that day. Who was the Norwich manager? It's that Fark, isn't it? I think. Oh, Ron Jeremy, so it is. It was Stuart Webber, the chief exec, I think. I think he's not him. You never signed for Norwich because you said the senior is the next Gary Holt. <laughs> the first time, would you rather sign for Celtic over Norwich? Uh, no comment. But see, see, <laughs> see that, right? For me, obviously, 
I would be Celtic because I'm a Celtic man, but a lot of players maybe would rather go down to, to, to England. Kev, what about you in that situation? Good question, Selena. I think that um, sometimes what happens is that, that when there's an opportunity to go to the Premiership, first and foremost is the money and the glitz and the glamour of the Premiership. But for me, talking to David now, getting to know him a wee bit better, I think he's quite a level-headed guy. So I think he probably thought that Celtic would be the better move because if he goes to Celtic, if he's performing well for Motherwell, he's going to perform outstanding for Celtic. He's going to be sticking it like a, a big fucking sore thumb. And then that move to England will come eventually anyway. And he'll be far more experienced, far more advanced. Whereas he could have went to Norwich for the money and the rabbit in the headlights and all that nonsense. And might have got lost down there in terms of if he didn't play and he's sitting picking up his wages but no playing. Whereas at Celtic, I think he would actually have got like, more of an opportunity to enhance his, his, his reputation as a footballer um, wow. but it, it's a difficult one but for me he seems like he's switched on enough to, to make a correct decision and a, a decision that's based on his career rather than a financial package where yeah. I obviously why, had why, why did you pick, on Kev's point then why did you pick Celtic then David? start with I think it was just because how long it had been going on with Celtic my heart was going to say it on going there like when I went to Norwich, it was like I was still kind of thinking Celtic, Celtic. It was just really I had my mind going down there, like I kind of wanted to sign with Celtic. But I said my documentary as well that thing that when I was speaking to Norwich, they kind of never changed my mind. But it was just how long it went on. I think like I wanted to go there because I, I interviewed Joe Ledley and he said that as soon as she spoke to Lenny, he knew Celtic. Similar to what you said, as soon as you spoke to Lenny, his heart was set on signing for Celtic. Was it Lenny that you were speaking to over those couple of weeks? Nah, uh, it was first time I spoke to him. I was with my mistress, dad, playing golf. And then, I think we were on the 13th floor or something, and then he phoned me, missed out that hole. That was the first time I heard to him, and he was just telling me I was going to play and stuff, and it was brilliant with me. It was kind of everything I wanted to hear. And then, and on the rest of the golf, man, fucking had a shambles every hole. Hi, <laughs> right. just ask you, a young player came up to you and said, Norwich and, and Celtic, who would you recommend them or advise them to go to? Who would you rather see them go to in that um, instance? So if I was David Turnbull? No, so if David Turnbull came up to you and said, I need your advice, would you want me to go to Celtic? Who would you rather me to go to Celtic or Norwich? Who do you think would be the best move? Sell it, sell it, 100%. 100%? Yeah. Norwich, right. for me, there's not, I've played at Norwich, mate. You're playing in front of 14,000 people. Mm. Just fucking buy that. It's, you didn't, I played at Norwich, mate, and there's no one that I came away thinking, oh, wow, well, wasn't that I played at Carroll Road. But yeah. to go and play in front of 60,000 on European nights, that, mate, the, the memories when I speak to people in interview especially, they're the things that they remember at the end of their career, mate. And no going playing for Norwich in front of 14,000 people. Oh, I love that, Simon. It's really a good question. I, I would agree that if you go to Celtic and you perform as the way you'd hope to perform, you're not going to a Norwich after Celtic. You're going to a bigger team after that. Not a bigger team than Celtic, but a bigger club than Norwich. Downside, if you get what I'm saying. You go to Norwich and say it doesn't quite work out at Norwich, you end up going down the way. Whereas with Celtic, you can always leave Celtic and go to a Norwich for me personally. That's how I look at things. So, David, did you train with Celtic? 
Nah, it was it all happened on the Friday, done my medical on the Friday. And then I thought I was waiting on them announcing it and all that. No, I done my medical on the Friday after I'd signed up and subject to medical. So done an met Lenny and all that and just kinda of done an interview with Celtic TV, got all my pictures took around the stadium and shit. And then hadn't heard then the Friday night and then Lennon text me, he's like, just come in Saturday morning, do a wee bit. So, I'm like, sound, went in, spoke to the secretary or something, then had a meeting with Lenny for about 15, 20 minutes, and then the physio was like, nah, he's, he's not allowed to train, something's came up. So, didn't get to train, no. See, can I just ask you something, this is what I'm desperate to know. See, when you thought the deal had been agreed and all that, be honest. Had you been looking at like houses and cars or not? No really, no really looking at anything, but I had my head. I'd be the exact same. So, Kev, that must be the worst feeling, eh? Oh, sorry, honestly, I, I think back to when, when I read that story, and obviously I was thinking, fucking hell, that poor guy. He's like, I, I'm not worried about it because I think he'll he'll get there eventually anyway in the future. I don't think that's in question, but. I remember when I was at Sunderland, so I, I was on a right few quid. No, not a, few, a right few quid, but a, a good wage. And then Crystal Palace came in and offered four million quid for me. And, and they said, and I said to the agent, oh my God, man, that's a lot of money. So what kind of wages are we getting there? He said, maybe about 14, 15 grand a week. I said, right, wait, mate, we need to push this through. So I'm trying to get him to push the deal through. But Sunderland came back and said, no, you're not going there. We are going to give you a new contract offer and we're going to keep you here. I was like, no bother. This is take our time doing the, 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 the contract. Two weeks into pre-season training, my hip went and never played Sunderland again for 20 months. And the contract was gone and, and that was it. That was how it was. And it was shit, but I had a good career. I moved on and things were fine. But David Young, he's 20 fucking years old, Si. He's got the, the, the move to Celtic or whatever it may be in the future. That will come. But I'm just thinking in this situation now where everybody's getting followed with wages and things like that, had he been at Celtic signing... Life would have been a wee bit more comfortable, a wee bit less stressful, but he's You'll got the head. Don't no worry about that, you'll get there. You oh, will get there, Stephen, you're absolutely right. See, for the fact that you've even just been inside Celtic Park, you had your picture with a strip and you, you met the secretary, do you feel like you've played a bigger part in nine in a row than Paul Slane has? <laughs> Some could say that. <laughs> Slaney, what are you saying? Hey, look. That performance, I'll never forget it. On to Ross County, getting beat 1-0, we drew one each side. A huge point for the nine in a row. It really made a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mates text me saying that I absolutely love that part. Eh? You saying your part of nine in a row. That's shocking, isn't it? I think it's brilliant, man. I think it's brilliant. I'd, I'd milk it. I'd only got milk in the Barcelona goal. Slaney milk in the nine in a row. Absolutely. Not a problem, Slaney. Yeah. <laughs> So what did Lenny say to you, Dave, when uh, it came back that the medical hadn't been, been right? He just phoned me and kind of made sure it was alright. Told me not to worry about it. He was brilliant with me. Uh, he's, he's gone it. He's like, we want you as soon as possible. He's like, Dave, you need a day. And he was, I think they were still trying to push it that summer, but nothing happened really. But he was brand new with me. He was brilliant. What did uh, so did they were still trying to buy you for like less money, huh? I don't know if it was less money or what. There was I remember the 
my little chief exec phoned me and explained everything what it was, but it was mad confusing scenarios that they were going to, how they were going to work the money and all that, and they just couldn't agree on it. Were you saying to your agent, come on, you need to get this done, huh? I was kind of on him a wee bit, I showed him for it, but he's like, he's done all he could. It was kind of the clubs to agree between each other. Selena, you're in that situation, what you did? Oh, Sai, honestly, mate, what a, what a situation it must be for the young man. And then for it to happen with that, but Davy boy, honestly, mate, you, you, I promise you right now, you will. You will be lifting 10 in a row and see when you look around, when you're lifting up, you know who'll be scoring the other side of the trophy? I'll be there because no word to lie, Simon. Are you ready for this? I've had talks with Peter Lawwell and they're already arranging to bring all the ex-players back to for 10 in a row. So I will be on the pitch and I've told them, do not have Chaddery anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously the deal falls through and then, do you know, here for Celtic again, or were they good to be after it, or was that just completely patched? Um, it was kind of once we got my up and stuff. There was a few folks for sitting Celtic in the club and that text me and make sure everything went well and stuff. But then, I think just after that, they were kind of keeping contact with my agent a wee bit. Seeing how you are. Yeah, I just hearing how it's going and keeping an eye on me. I think. So David, right, so just bring it up, just on the medical and stuff, see, you've obviously a knee injury flared up. Did you not feel this knee problem at all up until that point, no? I didn't even feel it then. It was something I'd never then done my medical and it's came up, but I seen the scan and it, it says it couldn't hurt me. Like, if you wonder, sometimes it happens that you don't feel it, but if, it was like a wee flat, like hanging off the cartilage, I think it was. Then they says if that came off, it would be fucked. I know, because I was speaking to a physio. I was speaking to a physio. I think it was a physio and a doctor about it, and they said that he basically must have been playing with a dodgy knee for a while, but he would never have known about it because it would just be hanging on by a thread. And see, once Aye, that thread goes, then you that. would know about it. So, hmm. actually, honestly, mate, I, I, felt, I, I feel sorry for you, but um, at that moment, but, like that. Slaney says, Sai says, you, you will get back your 20 years age, of age, mate. You've got loads of time in your hands. Slaney, does the fact that Tim Williamson done the medical, does that worry you? By the way, I hope you got a second opinion on it, Davey boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, just on long-term injuries, lads. Uh, most of us, have, I know how tough it is. Day-to-day life. Uh, what's day-to-day life like when you know you're going to be out for so long? Kev, what were you like? Oh, sorry, I was... Uh, it was hard for me because I didn't know... What, they, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Uh, I had this hip injury, this once-in-a-lifetime hip injury that no man, all footballers before me had retired with. So I was still going to specialists, to surgeons for different opinions along the way. I was getting an operation in one place to try if it would fix it. I was getting an operation in another place to fix it. And I hadn't a clue where I was. And every day, just going to the gym. And it was it was the, the hardest point of my life because I was my, my girlfriend at the time was pregnant with my first son. And uh, I just couldn't cope with life. So I, I was really, really struggling, man. It was like horrendous because I was all of a sudden, I'd went from being 21 years old to making a, my debut in the Premiership, getting picked for Scotland. And then six weeks later, 
being told that I had to end my career because I had a hip injury that was never going to be able to get fixed. So my head was like, how could this happen in six weeks I've become a professional international footballer and then now I'm going to end it? So it was just one of these things that um, it happened 18 months and then I remember getting back playing and the, 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 the surgeon said to me, Kevin, you're fine now, your career will get going, he says, but it'll probably take you another two years to get over it psychologically. And I swear mm-hmm. to God, it probably did take me another two or three years to actually get over what had happened to me and, and actually get back playing with a feeling of confidence within my hip problem. But unless you've experienced it, Si, you have, Slaney has, David's went just through it there. It's the worst thing that can possibly happen to a footballer and nobody will understand what it's like. It's, it's horrific. Slaney, what about you? What was the worst part of the day going home after you'd been in for rehab and that? Either that or hanging about with Tim Williamson. Um, either or, I'm not too sure, mate. But see, it is, mate, it is so... Um, I think the hardest bit is, Si, and you agree, I think, that you don't feel a part of the team. So when they, they're coming in, having a laugh and all that, or they go and win, you just don't feel a part of it at all. Do you know what I mean, Si? Yeah. It's horrible, mate. Sorry, I've just got to interrupt there for two seconds. See, that, that, that was the worst part for me, was the not being part of the team. I, I, I ended up finishing the season the top score on the team. So the next season, they'd all the billboards out, oh, your son number me is more than the strip. I was the facer, they're going to be the big number nine, going to get promoted to Premiership. I get injured. The club then go and get promoted to the Premiership. So I miss out on a promotion part, a promotion push. But then when I get back playing, I play the last five games where we get relegated. So I feel like we've been relegated because it was my fault. So it was fucking horrendous. Everybody's a joyous mood every week, beating everybody. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Fucking hell, man, that, that could have been me. But it is what it is. Must have been some size of fucking billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Why, that's when I was uh, uh, 12 and a half stone, mate. Fucking ripped to fuck. God, yeah, I had that as well too. So you getting told, like, going to a surgeon and saying, like, there's a good chance you're done. That is, right. that is worst. Actually, you're nearly in tears, aren't you? Oh, sorry. Honestly, I had a drive back to Cambridge and the guy said, bone bruising in your hip. That's you, son. Nobody can fix that. You're done. And I'm jumping a five-year train journey back to Sundown thinking, Mum, Dad, they've told me that I've got to retire. And I was like, fucking hell, man, this can't be right. But, oh, you just got to go through it, Si. It's horrendous. Hey, you're, I was the same, man. I had to go to London and the, the specialist said, like, if this operation doesn't work, that's you done. I had an, my mate had an apprenticeship waiting for me as a sparky. I, I'm on that train heading for London, I was texting all my pals. He said, don't worry. I'll get you an apprenticeship with a Sparky. I'll also take you on. I told him an interview, but I'll tell you again. Like next day, I went in and Tommy Bond had obviously heard the news, and he was. He says, "How are you? You all right?" And I was like, uh, "I'm fine, but my mum's in tears, man. Like, like the same as you had to phone my mum and say this could be it." And um, that day, I got him in my flat, and my mum rang us at night and said, uh, "Tommy Bond's phoned my work today." And Tommy had phoned at work and says, like, if Sai can't play again, uh, I'll give him a coaching job here, put him through his badges, he'll be a youth team coach, I'll look after him, man. So, oh, mate, it's the worst on it. Like, I used to pray at night. I used to, sli- I didn't even believe in God, mate, but I used to lie in my bed and pray that my uncle would get better. Eh? Fucking murder, innit? What, what, mate, it really, really is. Like, see that one as well, Sai? I, I got the, the ankle as well, it serves you in London. And when I came back and done the rehab, it still felt bad. And that is the worst because you're thinking at that stage, then you're thinking, I can't, this is never going to get better. 
that is the worst day, you're right. See, when they do something to you and they're saying, right, this will be it now, and then you go back to, to training and it's still sore, and you're like, what the? Mate, you're actually just kidding on, it's no sore. You tell yourself it must not be sore because like, they're telling right. you this is working, but oh, it's the worst day of your Fucking horrible. Just come back and then maybe one day it feels shite and you're like, is this ever going to get better? But, oh, the anxiety levels when you come back thinking you're better. And then all of a sudden you feel that pinch again. You're like, oh my God, your world comes oh, crashing down again thinking, it's no better, it's no better. Are you feeling all right now, though, Davey? Are you having 100% sound? I came back and feel first train, first few training sessions I came back and I was flying. And then I can remember Selena saying ages ago on this that you'll take a dip. And that, I've heard a few folk kind of say that to me and then Maybe the first week I was flying and training that, and then maybe for a few weeks I was no training the way I'd like to have been, but that was obviously going to happen for the length of time I'd been out. I think it's better now for see boys like Davey who've been injured for a while. I think it's the way sports science is, sports science is now, is now it's, I think it's, you're much more likely to get back to where you, you were when you stopped, but see for me man, after being out for two and a half years, I, I thought I was never, never the same man. The hardest thing is, 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 is no actually the recovery of the injury. It's the recovery of the mind to get you thinking back to the way you were before the injury. And that, nah, mate, the... I, I wasn't like that as a kid. Wasn't nah. my mind. I, just, I used to like when I used to play as a, before I got injured, seven, sixteen, seventeen. Like people couldn't get near me. I'd just get away from them all the time. But pure felt sluggish, man. Eh? Like, oh well, yeah, I was hitting them. It was a contact side there, like somebody coming and hitting you, maybe a wee bit. I was kind of. Uh, yeah. Have you heard that? Have you heard somebody hit you? I played a reserves game. I think it was, ah, it was my first 60 minutes or something. Somebody came and smashed me. So after that, I knew it was going to sound. You're flying, young man. You'll be back in no time. Back to the top. Oh, we need to ask you how much were you getting at Celtic? I don't know what telling you. <laughs> oh, uh, what is it? I just said, nobody ever tells us what they're getting, do they? Right, tell us this, what more are we thinking about getting? So, just so we're going to rough... A what? Lambo. Signed a new contract, Mother now, Motherwell now, so was that always your thoughts, mate? Because the club looked after you. Um, uh, a bit back. As soon as I get my first op, I think July, I think it was a few weeks after that, they offered a contract. Like, went on for a good few, few months and then, then it, I kind of knew I was going to sign it was just about getting things sorted like, I'm kind of chilled about these things just leave it but I knew the way they treated me and helped me get back to where I was I need to kind of sign it so if anything happened in the future they were kind of protected as well How many years do you sign for? Can't mind Two years <laughs> <laughs> Two years. Boys, anything else to ask the young man? Slaying a Kev? No, you start thinking about all the injuries, didn't you? <laughs> You've been quiet today, this, Slaney. I know, mate. I was saying to myself, I said to myself, I want it because it's obviously a Murrow player and the Murrow fans will be watching. And I said, I'm going to come on and be serious today. And um, when you get into that mode, you start overthinking everything. And my goodness, when you hear the boys with the injuries. But listen, we've got a young pup down the bottom of the screen who will rise above the injuries and get to the very top, lads, I think so. 
Oh, we're going to keep championing him on this podcast as well, aren't we? We're, we're, we're going to talk oh, him up every week, man. Love it, true. Definitely. I like to hear oh, that. What about, this? what about that midfield? This for me. McGinn, Gilmore, Turnbull, Scotland free. Wow. Wow. That's right, fucking that, mid. We Gilmore sitting, mate. We Gilmore sitting in front of them two, just banging passes into them. He's like oh, a tatty. Because he's started playing. You know, you know, David. Strikers and a fucking centre half man would be flying. Three grips back, mate. Three grips back, innit? Five grips back, grips back. You're right side, and uh, we just need big Grant Hanley to get sorted. <laughs> <laughs> you think about stuff like that, too, David? Like Scotland squads, and because there was a time that people were shouting for you to be in the squad, wasn't there? In the summer, I was that was in my head a lot, aye. But because I was going to cancel holiday with the boys. Once I heard the wisdom, I was like, fuck that, I'm away. <laughs> so, Lenny, what would you rather? Call up to the Scotland squad or Magaluf for the boys? Oh, Magaluf, side absolutely every day of the week, my man. <laughs> what about a Motherwell question for, for your man, Nan? Nah, Davey, see that way changing room? Can you give your yeah. best story that what's happened inside? Because going through that, mate, the. the that away changing room when you're in a youth player coming through is the maddest time you'd ever get. So, Davey, if you want to take it away and tell us a, a story that happened in there, No getting in particular, really, to be honest. I just made chaos every day. Like, turn the lights off and breaking all the lights with the boys. I mean, that's, Davey, that's crazy. You see that? See, um, Big Bob McHugh, I phoned him last night and he said to me, he remembers, right, if I had a bad training session, I used to come in and say to the boys, I was that bad today. Go and lock me in that boot room and batter utter fuck at me. No one got Everybody grown up, mate. It was fucking back to the slaying era, they were calling it. It was absolutely mental. I remember Gordon Young went like that to us. We went out to Cyprus for a fitness camp and it was a fucking shambolic mess. We fucked about for two weeks and we came back and Big Dingus, Big Dingus was like, what the fuck were you doing there? Fuck's sake, he's rocking back fat and looked terrible. So we youngie came in and, and youngie went like that please. If one mere person smiles in the next two weeks, you'll be thrown at this club, right? So uh, we youngie leaves the room and uh, the boy's going for a shiver and me and a boy Ryan Martin get bollock naked and the two's put shiver gel all along the change room, the two slide right along the flare, right? And as we slide, Ryan Martin's arse is hanging up in the air and we youngie walks in and catches him. <laughs> 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 oh, it's magic, Si. Yeah, I love the fact that you're calling Mark McGee Dingus, man. <laughs> Wait, big Dingus, honestly, he could abs- he could engine a second, that big guy. Oh, he's a good slurry. Honestly, that, that one, like, he would just he would just engine like that. See, if you yonder that, me, I remember I yonder and went, you fucking tired? Like that in front of everybody? <laughs> you fucking tired? Like that, and he'd be like, you'd be staring at me like that. Get the fuck ugly. All right, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Big dickies with magic. Yeah, see when you went back into Motherwell, Slurry, do you, do you remember seeing Turnbull play? No, I, I don't. I remember when I went in, because I was in the same changing room. Um, but honestly, so you've no. Seen you've seen him naked? Seen him naked, Si. Do you believe it's big enough to be on this chat? Aye, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> a great lad to have about the place. I can't even remember. It was a few characters in that changing room, Si. I terrorised, uh, to say the least. I remember my first day in. Um, I don't know if you remember, Davey, we played Naked X Factor and I was Louis Walsh. Do you remember that? 
I've no, I wasn't there that day, but I've heard about it. On that day, but it was superb. <laughs> Who was Big Dingus? Dingus with Simon Kill. Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. What was that, mate? Burn the road. Allowed to say the word pizza around you. Pizza? Is that my face? He's told all the boys you weren't allowed to say pizza across your face. Oh, I've said that a few clubs actually I, I remember a few boys talk about pizza and a bandit for the dressing room <laughs> amazing right is that us that's us superb thanks again lads It's the new football season, and now TVs hit the back of the net. Oh, it's a stunner! As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes half price for three months. Now that's more like it! So, you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports, and BT Sport at 50% off, and all without a contract. It's perfect! That is world class. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Standard pricing after three months. Further terms apply. Vodafone is now Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. We've got fibre broadband here in Dublin. Here in Clifton. And now here. We could soon be powering this podcast you're about to listen to. So you can wonder on your computer from the comfort of your own sofa. Curiosity is everywhere on Vodafone, Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. From €30 Euro per month, search Vodafone Gigabit Broadband. Terms apply, subject to availability and selected areas. Average speeds based on Comrade Market Share Data Q1 2020. New customers only, subject to 12-month contract. Offer ends 22nd of November 2020. See Vodafone.ie forward slash fixed terms for full terms. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.